Hey there, it's your host, Eric, from the Machine of Nonsense. Before we get to the Bracket of Nonsense, I just wanted to let everyone know this will be a spoiler-heavy discussion. We can't really describe these characters in full without, you know, kind of really going into spoiler territory, given big plot points of the various games, movies, and TV shows that they are a part of. So if you're afraid of spoilers, I would just recommend maybe skipping forward when a particular character is being talked about, just in case, you know, if you really care about that character uh, and you really care about spoilers. So just wanted to warn you guys, and on to the episode. Hey there, it's the Machine of Nonsense episode 37. We're doing the Bracket of Nonsense, specifically the Magneto Bracket. Yes, Magneto, voted on by the fans to lead one section of the bracket. We have eight head-to-head matchups. 16 of our favorite characters enter. Eight will leave. Let's see who's on the episode today. I'm your host, Eric. Joined, as always, by Kayla. Hello, hello. And we got Aaron. Hello. Mike. E. And Tomas. How's it going? So, us five versus 16 characters. (laughs) We're going to tell you (laughs) who is better than who. We're starting off with a barn burner. (laughs) We've got Magneto, the people's champ. The fan vote. <laughs> oh no! Versus <laughs> Thanos. Thanos uh, of the MCU. So this is the Magneto depicted in the Sony Pictures uh, movie Marvel Universe. Uh, so this is Surian McKellen and Michael Fassbender, and Beautiful. this is the Thanos who's mostly a CGI monster, but voiced by Josh Brolin. Um, what do you guys think? Well, first, let's see. <laughs> Who should, who defend should uh, defend Magneto. the honor of Magneto? Who wants to defend the I'll honor of Magneto? You got it. Oh, go, Mike. Started yeah. us off. Give me that fast manner. So this this character and this franchise kind of kicked off a lot of what we're still, you know, talking about every day, which is like these comic book movies and stuff like that. And we're using. Kellen and Bender for this, right? Yep. Yeah, because they have future past. Okay, okay. I think I think both of these actors nailed different versions of this character. I think Ian McKellen was kind of more of an over-the-top comic book arch-villain uh, aspect of Magneto, which was great. And Fassbender was more like shit that made magneto magneto you know like the all that he went through uh concentration camps and shit like that and like just just being a stone cold fucking badass <laughs> in those movies uh i think in uh i just get that that first one uh first class yeah thank you thank you. uh first class just when he makes that turn at the end with that final confrontation with Kevin Bacon 
It was like, this is like the definitive version of this character for me. And uh, I thought he was still the best parts and the lesser ones too. It's just a, it's just a great character. It's just uh, the, he's like the, besides Wolverine, I think Magneto has been the foundation of that franchise. I, uh, I put in Thanos and I just wanted to say that they are kind of similar in that fact. They're both like the, the bad guys that are, are, Willing to do like the the bad bad stuff, they're just gonna do it for what they think is right for their humanity. Uh, they're very similar in in that way. Well, Magneto's doing it for uh, mutant kind, but yeah, oh, I, I said uh, <laughs> almost superior, <them>. racist. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, he's you know the, he's... their humanity. I said specifically. He's... Um. <laughs> I guess that means Thanos is better because Thanos does it for all kind, you know. Well, but think I, about making a better universe and what Magneto has brought to the meme game. All right, <laughs> that, like that three-frame meme with with uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character, like, is just way superior than any. <laughs> inevitable meme or anything like that that Thanos I would have to say yeah the the Magneto memes are better Fassbender <laughs> memes are better that's true I think the biggest thing with Thanos and this is just it's an unfortunate draw for Magneto because kind of like Nelson said Magneto walked so Thanos could snap you know right like Ooh, it's nice Thanos is kind of the culmination of Thanos is so kind of amazing and singular that he has created a, a problem, I think, in my opinion, for the MCU going forward. Like, they built up this dude for 10 years, basically. Uh, 20 movies, all of these little references, everything else. Wrapped it up pretty cleanly, pretty nicely, and everything else. And it's like, where do you go from there? That's how singular Thanos is as a character in, in the MCU. And I feel like... You can't really say the same for Magneto in that sense. Like, he could easily, you, you could have him again. Like, you could just have Magneto, you know, another Magneto movie, and no one, I think, would bat an eye. Uh, and it would even maybe make sense. It maybe wow. be a good, It'd good fit decision. Right into the X Men timeline. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> like Thanos meets Magneto. Whoa. For a character that was just like at the end of Avengers Stinger. And nobody knew what the what the heck he was about <laughs> to to pull it off as well as they did. I thought in those two movies was uh, very impressive to create a character, uh, and and that that we really cared about. And they didn't have a great track record of doing that with villains. They really they were the the constant weak point of these movies. And, yeah, uh, they yeah. created an all timer. Thought uh, I don't know. Big glove to fill. It's tough. Big Magneto's got a tough draw here. That's it's, definitely it part of it. You know, you go through watching the whole MCU and you follow along with it. You build up with it. You just fully like buy into his deep diabolical plan that he's had. He's just one step ahead all the time with the stones. Does fun stuff with the stones to like get past certain enemies. The the meat the. the Meteor like moment in Infinity War when he just brings down. Like, 
it's a cool callback to like the fighting games and stuff that he was in. Yeah. <laughs> the Even his so cool. initial introduction where he just owns the Hulk, you know, like not even at full power. Like he just like owns the strongest of the like Avengers. no power. He's right. just fucking Thanos. Yeah. He's got like one stone or two at that point, maybe whatever. Like, and yeah. it just sets that beginning of infinity war for me, that first 20 minutes or whatever it is, is that's, a, that's, I don't know. That's just peak superhero movie, peak MCU. Um, if you don't, you know, if you don't love that, that 20 minutes that uh, you're, you don't have a fucking heart. Yeah, the culmination know. of like a decade's worth of work. And th- and that's the thing is like like the only thing that I can really add to this is like I think that Magneto's a character that this can be done with properly because there's plenty of X-Men lore over the years and years. Uh, they got such a huge back catalog of comics uh and uh his character has grown and developed over those years. Um but, you know, it's like but that hasn't happened. Like and we're talking about this version of Magneto you know, we have what we have, uh, you know, Thanos, you know, that, that was like the crescendo of like th- that, like whole entire chunk of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. We're all part of that, too. So it's hard to take away from that as well. It's like, like, I've, I can't remember how many like opening weekends like we went to like as a group too, just to go see like this. Yeah, it was it was it was more than just you know movies. It was like kind of like this is something that's never like really been done. So it's an experience. Yeah, and uh, Magneto doesn't really have that in a cinematic form, at least. Yeah. Well, I think we can probably call it and move on. Yeah. All all love and respect. Magneto so much. Yeah, I really do. He's like one of my favorite characters. I think Magneto suffers from the fact that none of the X Men movies are good. Like, they're all, at best, okay. Like, they're both good characters, but then Thanos is sitting in one of the top movies of the last Yeah, yeah. he's the peak years. of the best franchise. So, he's, like, literally like, the I, I think he could be an awful character, and it still would be hard to pick Magneto, because Magneto is sitting in a bunch of really, like, kind of, like, B-class Mediocre. movies that yeah. are not... Gen- with that, with the exception of like his character and like Professor yeah. Xavier, aren't well acted. Um, pretty much aren't really well cast. It has lines like, "What happens to Toads when they're struck by lightning?" <laughs> hey, whoa, um, whoa, whoa. Uh, yeah, <laughs> memorable. <laughs> True, like right. no quoting it today. So I, I, I love Magneto. I think, I think just based on his character, I like, I like Magneto better. I think. I yeah. think the ultimate like, motivation the just I want to kill half of everybody is just like oh okay that's your that's what you're trying to do okay yeah and if you take comic if you take comic Thanos too he's like literally just a mad like tyrant like you know yeah, his motiva- his motivations are less just in the comics for eradicating half of existence well I th- I would think in MCU they actually are too that's I think that's I think that's his excuse but you know it's yeah but still yeah he's the only one who knows it all right one. so Thanos right yeah all right Thanos. based off of the mediums Thanos. Thanos. Okay. Uh, you know, respect to the fans. Thank you for providing us Magneto. And uh, sorry, you were wrong. Uh, so <laughs> let's go on to the next matchup. We have Ron Swanson from Parks Ooh. and Rec and Lou Bloom from Nightcrawler. 
not of Marvel fame. Uh, <laughs> oh, we got two X Men people. What's up? So, <laughs> who who was Ron? Who who had Ron? I did. Oh, that was you. Ron it up. Uh, so Ron Swanson, played by Nick Offerman, uh, puts on like icon like Nick Offerman like just brought himself to this role and just creates an iconic character. Uh, not a just Leslie's like the American dream, you know, no cynicism at all in this. Uh, Ron is the other side of that where he sees the machine. He sees, all, you know, he knows the bureaucracy and all of that bullshit and uh, plays by his own rules in a way and knows that he can and gets, you know, he can just get away with certain things. Uh, you need a permit to have a barbecue here. Here's a piece of paper that says I have a permit. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Just a little yeah. note. <laughs> Uh, I think he back to meme culture. I mean, Ron is is the <laughs> ultimate meme. You know, like... yeah, that's true. Sure, sure. Uh, just an iconic look: the mustache, the haircut. <laughs> you know, <laughs> prim and proper, like the, the clothes meme. and everything. Like, <laughs> uh, I love Ron. Uh, the lumberjack. I yeah, I. What? Yeah. Th- I read Nick Offerman's book. That haircut's called the full douche. The full douche. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, he I talks. He says everybody that. gets upset when he doesn't have it outside of filming, and he's like, "I don't walk around with that haircut." <laughs> uh, he went to school nearby here in like northern Illinois, Nirvana. Um, yeah, and he played in the band there, and sometimes he goes there and plays and hangs out with the students. Yeah, awesome. he's well. He's from. Um, He's from a town that's only like half an hour south of Champaign. Oh, wow. Yeah, his whole family like still lives there. Like if you read his book, he says like everybody thinks he's so like manly and tough. But then like to their, they all like wear vice grips on their belts. And he's the one who went off to theater school. So right. <laughs> that is kind of funny. See, he's just yeah. an actor. Like he plays such a different character to that. Ron just has such a good voice, too. I, I love just the way he delivers things and the way he says things. I enjoy his character development throughout the show because he is this like gruff, like, you know, it's like can't change unbreakable kind of like person. But then, you know, he gets a family in his life and he learns that like certain things about his character need to shift in order to balance that. And, uh, you know, and it's much later on in the series, but like to me, that's just, that's fun to watch characters actually grow especially in an ensemble like kind of cast they you know it's otherwise yeah otherwise shit yeah. gets boring and yeah. like you know he becomes soft enough but he's still very ron to the core like he doesn't lose who he is in the process but you know he also mans up and learns that like certain things have to change in order to like you know facilitate these portions of his life now so so, yeah, that's Ron, obviously. Uh, I think days. this is a, a, another, another tough uh, draw because Lou Bloom was, was Josh's pick, right? right. I had him, oh. too. Okay. Oh, okay. oh, he was a double pick. Right. Okay. Defend him. Yeah. Stop pushing um, over Ron and defend your boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys, any of you have seen Nightcrawler. But, oh, um, I have. I love okay. it. 
Yeah, uh, so his his characters his characters like incredibly like dark and like you get like throughout the show he's like this like weirdly optimistic like if you ever watch a like a training video at work how everybody's super pumped to be there and they 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 fully believe in the message of what they're doing um he's that but you can tell he doesn't believe it but he's just good on selling on it, selling people on it and you know he hires an assistant <clears throat> and he just goes around doing this incredibly like like gray area ethically job and he everything he does is just so amazing he's such as just like a uh like in synthesis of a like a hero of a thing like you want him to like do the bad thing <laughs> the whole time yeah, he's watching yeah. it like it's like should, should he go in this house like hell yeah he should go in this house <laughs> i don't care if people were just shot like <laughs> maybe they're still dying get the footage man you deserve it. You get paid. You deserve it. Um, same thing. Like I don't want to spoil any. I the movie's been out, so you know, watch yeah, it. But we, we um, like his like his assistants like her, and like you know, he could help him, or could he videotape him and make money again? <laughs> like, like, okay, like, okay. like he makes the choices you know he's gonna make that he shouldn't make, and it's just it's beautiful every time. And like his justification for doing things he does is perfect, and. He doesn't. He doesn't think twice about anything. Like the, he just, he just does what he needs to, and it's amazing. And um, he's he's just a really different character. Such an odd character to to root for. Like, right? You did like, <laughs> and then to like, like if he existed in real life, you he would suck. He'd be the worst person in the world. Yeah, yeah like he's but, blackmailing his he, boss. He's yeah. He's letting right. like it's doesn't scary. he let I Bill Paxton like just die as well at some point? <laughs> it's like, oh god! Yeah, yeah, it's uh, record him. Definitely, people die in that that he could have helped, but no. Oh lord! I think he's, people he's, like they live vicariously through characters, uh, even if it's like shitty stuff. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, well, it's just it's just his attitude. Like, if this was just like <clears throat> some gruff chain smoking like guy like nobody would care but like yeah just the way he's he's the way he is about it is just so amazing um <laughs> I, I love ron swanson but ron swanson basically is a caricature for a first for like a sitcom to me and uh, he's got depth though <laughs> he does he though he's the same like even when he changes he's still pretty much just the same guy He's uh, just teaching. Like so he's just, he stays himself, he just, but he opens up more. He's pretty much just teaching that to kids because he's always had that side. Anytime you can see him backing up Leslie, backing up, that's his. That's like, that's like the exact his character he like, is. He like pays giving for giving a April a birthday present, things like that. That's just who he is. It's nice to see him go from like. 100 grit sandpaper to you know he goes down like 80 <laughs> to six you know he, it, it's nice to to see some of those hard layers take off from from ron whereas with i don't Lou, get this reference could you uh do a non-sandpaper reference please right <laughs> technically sandpaper some of us work on computers <laughs> because the higher the grit the smoother the surface so <laughs> So it's like a, like oh. a mechanical keyboard. <laughs> and then <you> go <laughs> I don't know. I don't know keyboards, but anyway, a QWERTY uh, it's missing a few keys, and then you you know you find them laying around, and you put them back. <laughs> right, let you know. Who carries a whole movie 
and Jake's perform. I think it's Jake's best acting. Oh, for me, I yeah, I think it's his number one. But uh, wow, yeah, I think that's a good good point to make, Mike. Like, I mean, we've we've said that for other characters and stuff. Like when they're in an ensemble, how much does like that ensemble mean to to that character? You know, how much does that add to that character? Um. I couldn't imagine watching a Ron Swanson show where it was just Ron. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he could be a little overbearing, that character. Uh, True. I agree with that. I would I would continue to watch yeah. The Adventures of Lou. <laughs> I would watch a, a Night, night yeah. Crawlers or something. You know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think the characters complement each other like in an ensemble cast. You know, it's like, I think that's the whole entire point behind like something like, like you can't just do a Leslie note parks and rec. You can't just do a Ben Wyatt parks and rec. Uh, you know, it's, it, you know, it's like, and I know we're only basing one character, but like that character's medium is just that, like, you know, they're part of a group and that enriches their character in a lot of ways. Wow. I, I thought Ron was going to run away with this one. Yeah, Aaron. Aaron really came up to bat for <laughs> Lou Bloom. <laughs> it's an it's an amazing it like it's an amazing movie, and it's a great character. Like, like even like the the whole premise of the movie isn't honestly that good. Like, if anybody else other than Jake Gyllenhaal doing this performance did it, it wouldn't be that great of a movie. But such it's such a great character, it makes the movie very good. Whereas, like. Ron Swanson is a character that was written basically for Nick Offerman and they still almost gave oh, wow. it they still almost gave it to other people. And like even if somebody else played him, you'd still watch Parks and Rec. You just maybe wouldn't. It's not like my Ron favorite Swanson Parks and Rec character, so Okay. Well, we've heard the arguments. Do we want to put it to a vote then? Sure. Oh shit. Oh, I vote Lou. Surprising. Um I think I'm going to to go with Ron. For myself, going, it's going. Lou. Oh fuck! <laughs> Need to answer quicker, Tomas. You know you're always the tiebreaker. I, 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 I don't really. Hey, I do. I do. He I waits like, to see what everybody else is doing. I'll give a my nature. <laughs> <laughs> this is hard. You know, we have two Parks and Rec characters on this it, it list already hard. that have made it to the next Ooh. round. I am going for Lou Bloom. Okay, Lou Aaron, Bloom Aaron over Ron. All right, that's uh, yeah, it was a good argument, and and it's it, it was. It's hard when you do just like some some characters so so much, and I haven't seen Nightcrawler, so it's hard to. Switch. I love Ron Swanson and Nick Offerman's like a personal that was, hero. That must have been hard for so. you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen him in Which Sin one? City? <laughs> He's in the original. He's like the skinhead with like a collar and everything. <laughs> he's uh, he's like the thug oh, who like, yeah, like rhymes a lot. Oh, wow. I didn't he's realize got, like, that a was weird him. Beard. Yeah, he's also like in uh, uh, Miss Congeniality 2. You get to yeah. see the full Swanson in uh, uh, Deadwood. Oh, yeah. Got to check that back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's really pumped about that part. I can tell yeah. you. He's, uh, he's in a couple Bob's Burgers episodes. He was in Murder by Numbers, but his uh, his lines got cut, so he's just in the background of one shot. 
All right, let's get on to okay. the next. Let's go. The next one. Uh, this is going to be a kind of a, a a weird one, a little tough one because Extremely we don't weird. have uh, Josh to to uh, defend, uh, but we have Tyrion Lannister from Game Who of Thrones. Was nominated by Ryan, right? The Lancasters. I think he might. I yeah, think he might have been. Neither one of the people who were. Yeah, we got a tough one here. Uh, and then we have Sayori from Doki Doki Literature Club. Um, so, I, I like Tyrion. I think Tyrion is... I think Tyrion and Arya are the only two characters in Game of Thrones that kind of matter. Uh, but Tyrion falls pretty flat on his ass uh in the final season yeah it's disappointing the way that Tyrion goes out it's really disappointing and it's kind of a a marker for the entire series honestly you know you have very highs uh, up through the middle and then you have a a real you know just fall at the end and Tyrion kind of mirrors that in in the Game of Thrones series but the highs are really high he has so many really 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 good scenes um some really powerful moments that he does with his scene with his father on the can and things <laughs> that he says of his knowledge to Jon Snow and to just other people. And he was a really, really high point throughout Game of Thrones for me, but then did just like end. But I think that was no fault to him or his character. I think that was just because they were like, oh, hey, we're going to end this. Let's let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Snap, snap. Up. But, and I think one thing that I sh- should mention as well is like um he's a little person so that's important i mean he's a little person who has a huge influence on this story and every episode that he's in um you know so that kind of you know himself as an actor just in general too peter dinklage is fantastic Mm, yeah right i enjoy him in many things right so that's that's a little bit you know an extra feather i think in in his cast as well for me (laughs) yeah Say Ori, who want uh Mike? I've, I've Are you the, the best? Or... Oh, Tomas. Mike tried to play this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't... Okay, it was tough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't played this game in a long. I haven't played this game in a long time. But uh, so yeah, it's a... Josh explained a little bit of it at one point. It's about uh, you know you're like a new student. It's like one of those like uh, like archetypal like. Uh, I forget what they call them. Like, I would say like a sim kind of game, like a story sim kind of game. You're the visual novel. Very, very visual novel. uh, Probably better. Um, And like, there's a whole slew of them, like kind of parody style. Like, uh, you know, they did like had a full boyfriend where it was like, you're at a school and you're dating birds and shit like that. And like, this is another like one of those weird, like, you don't get it up front. Yeah, you don't get it up front, but there's like a huge twist in this game. Like you're you're a literature club and you write poems. Um and like a lot of the beginning of the game seems kinda like mundane. You're best friends with the Sayori character, like childhood friends. She like lives next door to you. Um, you know, and like she slowly opens up as a character about her insecurities and her feelings and all this in her in her poems. And like the whole entire thing, like there's there's like a ticking time bomb, like waiting to go off throughout the whole entire like point of this. Uh, I mean, we could do spoilers on this. Yeah, I always put a spoiler warning at the beginning. So 
okay so eventually she gets to a point where like she starts having like really big self-doubt issues about you and the main character and like i believe she like expresses her feelings for him at some point and um but like you know plot twist she ends up killing herself and the huger plot twist of the game is that you're technically just like in a video game simulation as the main character and one of the other people in the literature club has been controlling the strings making the other girls like you know bend to her whim so it's like you know you're kind of like outside of the loop so like and like the like i forget what the name of the like the main ai in the game that's like running the show is but you know like she's like continuously changes things and like the girls like are like kind of like they'll like start glitching out throughout the game and shit and like they're going off character and like your character starts noticing and there's another point where like another girl like commits suicide in front of you and like the game freezes for like minutes <laughs> it's like you're just sitting there and it shows like the time lapse in the background <laughs> and like you're just looking at a dead body <laughs> during the Jesus. whole entire thing but um yeah so like it's got a really dark twist to it um as for the character of sayori like She's just, like, a typical, like, schoolgirl who's, like, dealing with some personal issues and stuff. I'm sure Josh could have explained it better, and I'm sure he's going to crucify me for not explaining it as well as he <laughs> probably would have. Uh, but, I mean, if you want to get brass tacks, I mean, that's it. Like, and her, and her twist is, like, you know, you walk into her, like, you have, like, this conversation, you express your feelings with her. Um, you know, it's like you reciprocate your feelings with this character, and it seems like everything's going to go well, but, like, there's this, like feeling of like tension still there in the background and then you know you go to school the next day and she doesn't show up and then you're like wondering what's going on you walk into her room and it's like oh my god you know it's like she's hung herself <laughs> and it's like so you said it's it's a simulation like the that's the big twist and everything else so sayori is is like a sub program just an ai in that no, simulation. Sure, like everything's being controlled by like this ai and it's like I, f I forget like if it's like you're stuck in a video game or something like it but like these characters are like struggling to like live normal lives but like they're being like controlled and like your character is like like outside of that loop mm -hmm. uh, and like you're like slowly like kind of subverting certain portions of like what the AI is trying to do and it seems like it's mm -hmm. like working for this character but then all of a sudden like the next day she's like it's like the AI is feeding her like this you know idea of like you're not good enough you know you should kill yourself blah 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 and you know she eventually does do that and then you find out more and more as like the shit goes on and you know eventually like you're sitting in a dark room with like the you know the puppeteer and uh you know so it's it's a weird fucking game sure it sounds weird. it sounds interesting it sounds interesting but, like if you don't know what the twist is the first time you're playing it it just seems like you're playing one of these regular you know text-based like you know visual novels and then all of a sudden, like, oh, hey, you walk into the room and, like, you know, the girl that, you know, you just, you know, explained all your feelings for is, like, hanging from her, like, fucking, uh, like, ceiling fan <laughs> in her room. But, okay, <laughs> but but she is just, like, a essentially a, a robot, an AI, uh, a simulation. She's not, like, none of none of it's real, right? Like, none of it's actually none real? None of it's real. Okay. Uh, I, like I said, I haven't played this game in a long sure. time. Sure. I just remember the twist, and I remember that, like, it's you know, the strings are being pulled by, like, you know, one of the characters that's in the club. Gotcha. So, and you're just kind of, like, there. You know, like, you're a little bit outside of, like, the outside bounds of this thing. So, to an extent. Yeah. Or, like, no. you're, you're being stringed along, like, but, 
Yeah. So, but Sayori is like just like one of those characters that like I don't. She just falls victim to this. But uh, you know, sure. the whole whole entire game is like literally just about the club. Like before the twist, it's the club writing poems about themselves and opening up about their feelings and dealing with like normal like high school stuff. Like it's rough. It's very rough. Like Mike just got done playing like part of it. Give give your give your take. Did it, did I do okay? Like nailing at least some of that. Oh yeah, sure. I'm I. I didn't get to any of the twist stuff. Uh, okay. For me, it's like Sayori at the very beginning is just like a tropey girl you live to, like live next door to that, you know, she wakes up late for school all the time and you just kind of like a hot mess. I, there's, it's like a Tenchi Muyo thing where you're like involved in this club, after school club with. Four of the most beautiful girls in <laughs> in Japan. Apparently, they all go to this thing, and I it's it's not my jam. I, I knew it wasn't going to be my jam. I tried, Josh. I I, I wanted to come <laughs> into this thing and be like, I've finished the whole game, and it changed my life or something. But I, uh, God bless you. I. I couldn't. I, I, it's it was really hard. The dialogue and stuff is just oh. weird. Like I, 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 not weird. It's just like I don't. Not for me. Very, very dating right. dating sim anime stuff that I, I doesn't jive with me. Yeah, like you play you play the game for the twist. So sure, and I, I I feel like from what you're saying, she's just like the catalyst for that big moment. Like. Yes. I don't know, uh, and that's really all she's there to serve. Like I don't know, maybe the the care the, the the villain character is more interesting or something. I I, I don't know, but kind of yeah, mean, like that breaks the veil. Like, and don't get me wrong, the game gets crazier after that. But it's like, you know, it's like that's that's like when you know it's like you know something's up. It, they they don't necessarily you know give the cat right out of the bag out of the way, but um, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a huge, like, what-the-fuck moment in the video games. Well, I almost feel like also, not having played this or anything else, but just from, from your description of it, okay, so she's a simulation of a, of a kind. She's being manipulated by a superior AI or whatever else. How much of a character is she? You know, like, it, or, you know, how... She's There's events, I'm sure. There's things that she does, but how much of that are even attributable to her if... If that's you know the case, like Tyrion's his own person, like he makes his own decisions, he gets himself into his own shit, gets himself out of his own shit. You can't say that like really Tyrion is ever being like manipulated or isn't doing exactly what Tyrion like intended. Like there's bad consequences without a doubt, but like you can't say that he's not a character. Like to me, yeah. I mean, do we want to take it to a vote? Thank you. Move forward here. Got to go a little too deep on that simulation thing. Like it's, it's just, it's a schoolgirl character, man. <laughs> like I, I don't want to. Not my like, thing. I don't want to like beat a dead horse, but like, gotcha. It's a, it's an interesting game if you play it all the way through. I just, you know, I, I think it takes a culmination of like everything, and I don't think like a single character from it can really bring the merit that the game deserves.
Gotcha. So. Cool. Uh, so my vote's for Tyrion. Lancasters. Abstain. Tyrion, I guess. Uh, mine, mine is for... Yeah, I kind of like, want to abstain because I don't like Game of Thrones and I haven't played the game, that other I'm, game, I'm, but... I'm voting for Tywin, so... <laughs> I'm voting for Peter Dinklage. Okay, yeah, I don't right. give a shit. About <laughs> we should have put Peter Dinklage. Did Mike say anything? He said abstain. Tables of tables of Tywin. Let's go. That's fine. So we got two abstains and three Tyrions. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> That's fine. You know. Uh, so Josh, you know, uh, sorry, Sayori, Sayonara. Um, his, his other character on this bracket is a much better character. So, boom. Uh, well, he's got another one coming up. up. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, got a. Well, Undyne. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Tyrion over Sayori. On to Harry Dubois from uh, Disco Elysium and Yennefer of Vengerberg from the Witcher series. Witcher 3, mostly. I think that's everyone's favorite depiction, but. This, this is a Josh and Ryan again. It is. Yeah. It is. But I can speak on both, I think, at least a little bit. So. What I want to say about Harry uh, from Disco Elysium is that is a an RPG in the like most literal sense. I, I think um, you have to craft this character to the T to like the, instead of stats like you know magic and power and things of that nature. You're crafting the stats of this person's personality, and to me. That makes them not really a character that stands on their own because they are whoever you want them to be and the choices that you are making throughout that game. Because uh, it's a, mostly a, a very text-based adventure type. You're, you're making a lot of decisions. Um, uh, every, it is always tough with the, that situation. Right. It is an RPG, RPG in like the strongest sense. You get to play the role as you see fit. Um, anyone else with, with Harry uh, to add? I didn't even know this was a game until this character was mentioned. So. It's real cool. Seen a little bit of it. Uh, I think Eric played it at the house with a couple of people over. So I saw. Um, I don't. Did we play through the whole thing? No, no. Um, but that was kind of early. We played maybe an hour, maybe a little more than that. A little more than an hour, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can't speak too much on Harry at all. Uh, it seemed like the. It's a game where the the world and those characters in that world also are the you know yeah I I know that now they have added voice actors right yeah yeah they fully voice the game now I'd I'd like to play that at some point if it ever comes to like Switch or something that I that I play on I don't know I I have more experience with Yen I I I like Yennefer yeah yeah speak to Yennefer a little bit um so Yennefer is just kind of like a sorceress in this high fantasy world of the Witcher. And she's one of like the, she's very powerful, uh, you know, magic user. I think she's trained, but you know, in some kind of, some terrible person or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how well I can. She's kind of black widow uh, with magic. Yeah. A um, little bit. Yeah. She's a little black widow with magic. Yeah. They've sterilized her and, sent her out to be a killing machine. Yeah, but what what I like about Yen is is kind of this weird relationship she has with Geralt 
they basically have been tied together for a long time. And mm-hmm. she she discovers that he was under some kind of manipulation and that none of that could have been true. And then they have to kind of, it's like a mm-hmm. serendipity type thing. If if this thing is real, then we'll have to come, come back to each other later on, you know, type thing. And, and she's just, she's just a good foil to Geralt. She's, she knows him very well. And, and she's just uh, able to read him and, and she's she's cool. I wish I had I had more experience with her in maybe the other games or something. I've only played Witcher three. She's pretty uh, strong and independent in, in that. It's nice to see like um, they're both. They are. It seems like they do have a, a really nice connection that's very passionate. But they both their lives are are different uh, and always takes them to each other and then apart from each other. Um, and it is interesting to see them struggle with the fate, the whatever uh, creature he <laughs> had to connect himself the with her. Yeah, yeah, the genie. Yeah. I love the whole Witcher world, but I would say um, while Yen is cool, she's not my favorite female sorcerer in the world. Yeah, nobody picked Geralt. <laughs> I know. He was on my long list. It was between Geralt and Kratos of my, my quick round. Not even the fans. <laughs> yeah. He almost, he, he came close to being people's champ. Uh, as close. He was, he was second uh, in line. Yeah. My my biggest argument in this is is that, you know, Yennefer is is her own character, whether you, you like her or not. She has her own, like, you know exactly who she is, whereas Harry is is an RPG character created I mean, by the player created uh, in, in large part by the player. It's an interesting concept, but yeah, it's, you can't like really pin down any like one kind of character archetype with that kind of scheme. So let's move this along. Okay. Yeah. It, it might be another one. That's almost like a, a default. Maybe I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Yennefer just cause I, I, I do enjoy her. Uh, and I think I would enjoy Harry, but I'd enjoy him because, cause it'd be me. It'd be my decisions. It's true. You Yennefer. do love Eric. <laughs> <laughs> You're I not mean, wrong. You still have the situations that Harry will always go through. Like he is like a, is he like a drunk detective? detective. Yeah. 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 Um, he's fucked up. Ooh. Yeah. I kind of people. <laughs> um, I don't want to go yet. Somebody else. I'm going to abstain. <laughs> this is another case where it's a show I really don't like and a game I haven't played. So We're going off of the, the Witcher 3, though. Uh, well, the Witcher... The yeah, sorry. Games. The video okay, game series. I was going to say, in the show, she's really cool in the first episode, and then she's just a vehicle to be naked and draw in nerds who want to see naked girls. I'm mixing in show and game, too, because I just don't know a lot about her past or anything like that i just kind of right. had to use i played witcher 3 but i don't remember <laughs> the reference i had with the show <laughs> i don't know it's a tough one it is one because I, while i do like yen like i said i like tris better so i don't really want to vote for yen so i guess i'll vote for harry dubois by Ooh. by default got one and one i'm i'm abstaining me too mike <laughs> oh i gotta break it huh okay <laughs> yeah you're in tomas's shoes now 
I mean, we could even base it on, if you want to base it on, like, do you, do we think Josh cares more about Harry Dubois than Ryan does about Yennefer? I mean, that because those were their choices. Supposed to be, we made arguments, and I don't know. Josh, to Josh got a loop out of this one. He's choice. got a W. He lost Sayori. <laughs> he just lost everything else. Uh, <laughs> man, this, this bracket is so Josh-heavy. Oh, man. He's taking a lot of. He's either taking a lot of L's or W's. In this I mean, I like. I like Yen. Part. I don't know. I, I don't. I, if I'm, if I have to base Harry Dubois off my own personality, oh man. <laughs> I don't know. If I'm gonna like Harry. I make some questionable but... decisions. So. Yeah, you should create all your RPG characters based off of me. <laughs> you know, so. Yen is really cool. I really enjoy Yen. She's got really strong parts. Now, can I can I base uh, Lou Bloom off of Yennefer? <laughs> or not Lou Bloom, <laughs> but Harry Dubois. No. <laughs> can it? Well, can I make Harry Dubois Lou Bloom? <laughs> Maybe. I, I like the kind of Commander Shepard argument where it's it would be tough to put a Commander Shepard on this list because. Yeah, I craft. I, hell yeah, Commander Shepard's fucking great. I've got to live through this great journey and pick the, what I wanted to say along the way. Like it was, right. it was cool. That's tough. I, My chef's a paragon. With Commander so. Shepard, there's very clearly a uh, a canon choice. Like, like you can say those renegade things, but at the end of the day, he's still saving everybody. He's not. Basically, but you get to pick whether you're happy or mad. <laughs> like you get to pick right, whether you, you want to be like Han Solo or or yeah. I, I, that's that's the choice that you're getting. You get to you that uh, you know you get to to put that into it. And I I don't know how much deeper Harry. And is I'm certain that. that Harry's got those situations too. You know. Yeah, there's still a storyline that you go through, no matter what you say or do. And that that game doesn't benefit from being like this fully animated big adventure. Disco Elysium is very much a, a computer RPG type thing. Uh, it's not a lot of huge animation or anything. So that system probably has to, you know, the dialogue and things like that have to be even greater in that aspect. <sighs> I don't know. I, I think I'm gonna go Yen just because I like I like Yen. Yen's cool. I I would pick Yen over Tris. You want to see more? Yeah, go with your heart, bro. Boom. All right. So that's two votes to no votes. Uh, Yen over Harry. So for our next matchup, we have Ingrid Thorburn versus Lieutenant Jim Dangle. So Ingrid from Ingrid Goes West versus Jim Dangle from Reno 911. Mike, you're a big uh, Ingrid head, as they call him. What, yeah. What, yeah. Uh, we, what's we her deal? Uh, so Ingrid, played by Aubrey Plaza is a seems at first like a normal 18 to I, I think it's kind of ambiguous how old she is but she's you know a young a young woman adult and uh she becomes obsessed with Ashley Olsen's character through like an inst like inst I think it's Instagram 
or some some kind of similar app and uh social media yeah and it becomes like a single white female situation where she is Ooh. trying to like force herself onto this to this person that she know like she's followed this she feels like she knows this person and is friends with this person oh. just through through social media and she uses that to her advantage to actually find out where she, you know she knows where her local spots are she literally like camps out at these like places to hope to find her, her. Eyes. and then she's able to lie and wiggle her way into like her inner circle and they become like best fucking friends <laughs> and uh it's it's i i see in a way where it would be like cringy but for, for me it was just like Man, how far can she stretch this thing until, you know, it's like that Mario Party game where you take turns pumping a balloon and it's like hot potato. Like how, when is this balloon going to burst? And uh, it does burst. Like it bursts. <laughs> oh, no. It was just a, a kind of a thrilling experience watching it. So it's pretty high, high tension. Yeah. Yeah. It gets that way. Uh, I believe Kurt Russell's son is also in it. Uh and he gets involved in a weird way, and it, it's uh, yeah. There's a lot of lot of attention. <laughs> <laughs> Love Aubrey, Pro- uh, Aubrey Plaza. That's her name. Um, Thomas Lennon plays Lieutenant Jim Dangle. Um, mm. Found out he's from Illinois as well recently. Good guy. <laughs> um, so his his whole thing is his like deadpan style of comedy. Um, he, he does it in a couple different movies and definitely as Jim Dangle. He's this ridiculous kind of like flamboyant or like ambiguously maybe like gay character. He's a sexual um, being. Right, right. Yeah. But he does it with a just this dead man type of, uh, you know, performance uh, in that role. Uh, and, and, and Reno 911 is just in, you know, outlandish comedy following this this police department that you know they it's it's a lot like parks and rec i i I feel like there's a lot of similarities between the dangle character and ron swanson aside from the the ridiculous mustache like their (laughs) their delivery and kind of their whole like take everything super seriously um kind of thing persona even though they're in these ridiculous situations um, I think there's a lot of parallels there, um, and and I think that's just like what Thomas Lennon does best. Uh, like if you see him in "I Love You, Man" or, or something like that. So it's 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 one of those like perfect castings. Like we talked once again with Ron Swanson, where Nick Offerman just seems like man, he's that dude. He knows how to play that dude. Um, it definitely seems <laughs> the same thing with with Lieutenant Dangle. Um, and it might actually parallel probably with Ingrid in yeah. that, like, that's kind of what Aubrey Plaza is known for as well, being that, like, awkward kind of person. Yeah, I... <laughs> it's like doppelganger fight right here. <laughs> I mean, Ingrid is, like, is e- evil April. <laughs> like she... <laughs> April is evil. Yeah. April is evil. <laughs> uh, but but like if you're looking at like one of those like D D style, like you know, chaotic good, chaotic you know, yeah, she's she's, there are like... different squares on different sides of the I, I get board. I can get that, yeah. Right. Cause when you yeah. I've never seen either of these shows really. Like I, I know nine nine uh Reno nine one one. 
not 90210. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to watch the Reno 90210 crossover episode. I know like tiny, tiny little bits about Reno 911. And I know really nothing about Ingrid Goes West. Um, but when Mike was talking about it, I can just like totally picture Aubrey Plaza creeping me out real crazy. <laughs> and it seems interesting. That's a, a twisty story. Yeah, you mentioned the eyes. <laughs> no, it's like I can immediately when, picture when that. When she wins this, I suggest you go She's watch She's just like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's on the I, list. Okay. I, it, it has been for the longest time. Like, I see it all the time pop up on whatever. It's on, like, Prime or, or something. And, <laughs> like... Good. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I I see it all the time and like, oh man, I need to check that out. And I yeah. thought it was more of a comedy. Now that you're telling, it's a black it's like, comedy, like yeah. a dark humor thing. So mm-hmm. I, per- I kind of prefer that. I think maybe. Um, yeah, and it's it's kind of like a a Black Mirror movie, kind of in a way, like <laughs> uh, just in the way that social media has kind of warped our fucking minds a little bit and. Just like podcast it's culture, it's a different world. And yeah, definitely. Are you speaking ill of podcasts, Mike? <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but I think Whatever. we should look inwardly sometimes. <laughs> oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> Telling me Joe Rogan doesn't have all my answers, bro. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I do. Caravella is not my friend, even though he is. Okay. <laughs> oh, and he's everyone's friend. Uh, so. Oh, Lord. I I think I'm going Ingrid on this. I mean, Ooh. I've seen a lot more Reno 911 than I've seen any of Ingrid, but I, I think it it sounds Definitely. she sounds great. She sounds, you know, I I always go for unique um in in characters and that sounds like a a unique character. So, I think my votes for Ingrid. It definitely piqued my interest with just um the information you gave. I haven't, I haven't seen the movie. Big fan of both of these characters uh well i'm a big fan of audrey <laughs> audrey plaza and um and i loved reno 911 but you know just on the short sell that mike gave me about the movie uh i don't know I, I'm, I'm feeling towards ingrid too i'm also ingrid <laughs> <laughs> kayla you abstaining or are you going dangle what's up no i'm 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 ingrid I, I, I'm just being that I've never really, I don't know much about either of these people other than like, I know like a scene of Jim Dangle, like doing his look, look at my butt, like <laughs> pose. That's really all I know about him. Um, he's but so it seems like he's more of like a, a ridiculously kind of stupid uh, comedic style, which is not really what I like. Like, I'm not really into Will Ferrell, for example. So is it kind of like that? that And and Ron Swanson, I guess you could say. But I can do I can do Ron Swanson, but Yeah. I he's my favorite out of that squad of like Yeah. Characters on that show. Well maybe is that streaming on anything? Maybe we'll watch it. But for now I'll go I think it pops up. Is it on Hulu? I wouldn't mind could be wrong through in a while. I'm it's sure we can get a DVD box set somewhere, you know? <laughs> nah, man, you gotta get a laser disc. <laughs> right? Yeah, you probably could. <laughs> Reno's been on for a long time. Or it has. Gone now, I, right? I think the thing about Reno, though, is also, it's like, it's more than just the characters. It's about, like, 
because there's more characters than just the police in that show. Too. The lifestyle, like the, the lifestyle, and the ridiculous situations they get into. <laughs> yeah, and situations definitely help. Like, I wish I had a better term for it than like stupid funny, but like situations can make stupid funny more enjoyable. You know, I like right. funny stuff. <laughs> that was for Josh. We did it, Josh. <laughs> Suck it, Aaron. Ingrid went west and she also went into the second round. All right. Ingrid over Jim Dangle. Next up, we've got Lilu Dallas versus Terrence Fletcher. Lilu Dallas from the movie The Fifth Element and Terrence Fletcher from Whiplash, also a feature film. Kayla, I believe Lilu was yours. Yes, that's fine. Multipass. Multipass. Um, <laughs> I mean, in in its most simplest form, Lilu Dallas is the supreme being. She's she's what saves Earth. She saves life. I shouldn't say Earth, just life, because you know they're in space and and lost in paradise and stuff. Um, <laughs> so it's got to be more than Earth. <clears throat> but Lilu is. A alien who shows up out of nowhere has to like go on this mission in a place that she like knows nothing about. She's just a fish out of water and she's really weird. Um, and she's played by Mila Jovovich, uh, my favorite role of Mila because it's just, um, she's a supreme being and it's fun to watch her like be a fish out of water and then she like finds herself and whoops ass and handles business and falls in love. And it saves saves life. Love is the fifth element, so you know. Love, right? <laughs> Man, deep. Terrence was was it's Josh, right? But uh, I know Mike's a big Whiplash guy. So what's up? Fiftieth best movie of all time. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. If if Lilu is a supreme being, Terrence Fletcher is someone who believes in supreme beings and 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 wants to seek them out musically mm-hmm. uh My will he's a teacher at a prestigious music uh school and will pick out certain uh students and just fucking fuck their world up and push them to their brain their edge you know and he does it like he he's just has like a fucking mission and he's going to do it and he's going to find, you know, the next great music star or well, not like virtuoso, like drummer basically is what is what he sees in Miles Teller's character. The movie ends with you not knowing who who came out on top, really, between the two, because it is it becomes like a. A slugfest, really. <laughs> like, uh, literally at certain times between them. And uh, I think Fletcher somehow wins any, any, it, like at the end of the day. Like, he, he did it. No matter what, like, no matter what he did to Miles' character, he, he helped him achieve what he, his ultimate goal was uh, through any means necessary. Ooh. 
Yeah, I remember when it was coming out, I was, at least from, like, the marketing, I was real turned off because it seems like dude's just abusive. Like, he seems like he's 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 rough to, to old old Miles. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's something to obsession, though. I mean, like, that's that's been a, a, a thing on a lot of the characters we've, you know, been talking about. You know, their obsessive nature. We have... Uh, Poor Daniel Plainview didn't make it, but uh, you know you could definitely draw some oh, some Shut parallels up. there. Uh, oh, being yeah. being number one, being out on top. Um, what do you think, Tomas? What, what do you got on on either of these characters? Uh, let's see. Uh, I mean, I love Lilu. I mean, I love the movie Fifth Element. I love all the characters in that movie. To be honest, I mean, you got Debo, who's president of Earth. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> got Gary Oldman as one of the weirdest roles I've ever seen him in. Fucking uh, weird. I, I love Bruce Willis. Ruby Rod <laughs> is my dude. Bruce is great. He's <laughs> like, it's it's quite the cast. Um, call him, Lil- call him a man. Lilo's great, but he gets outshined like a lot. Well, that, I, think that's, I think that's the point that I'm trying to make. So there's so right, many memorable characters in that cast. Uh, don't get me wrong, strong female uh, role uh, and her character is cool too I mean because like you know Kayla said she is this like supreme being like you know by the end of the day you know she makes the choice on whether or not the rest of existence you know continues um, yeah that god I love me some Bruce Bruce real real good in it <laughs> together though they so well what I like about Lilu is you mentioned fish out of water. Like she doesn't even speak the language for yeah. a long time, or I don't even up to the end. She doesn't really speak like English uh, or Earthish, whatever, because everyone yeah. on Earth apparently Common. speaks English in the future. Yes. Um, like, and I think she has to do so much like physically, uh, like you know, to emote and all of that. So I think that uh, that's a real unique thing uh, about her. Um, Good point. Yeah. She, does get outshined a little bit. I mean, I'm I'm feeling you on that of like it's just such a cool ensemble cast. I don't know if she gets outshined, but like the movie doesn't work without that wild cast of characters. Yeah. Um it doesn't work without her either, but like No, you take any one character away and it's it loses some of its uh staying power. It does. Becomes. That's fair fair points. So um and whiplash dude uh, i remember josh never not shutting up about this movie <laughs> 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 i mean and i get it you know by any means necessary um uh, you know pushing this guy to his limits uh i mean it yeah, we already had daniel Plainview lose <laughs> in that regard and i i enjoyed his character much more um uh, but I, I don't know, maybe just because it's, you know, his his shit was like a little less confrontational and less till the end, you know, it's like it was more conniving, more plotting, more, you know, and I, I enjoy that a little bit more than just outright torturing the individual. Terrence almost <laughs> from the jump is in his shit. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, <laughs> like, okay, it's like, don't get me wrong, it's like, you know, like, I get it. And I was like, and I gotta get why he's doing it. It doesn't make it right, but like I understand that, like you know, the mentality, you know, 
and I like how you put it. It's like, you know, by the end of the day, it's like, you don't know who really comes out on top, but you know, by the end of the day, him being an ass and pushing, you know, the main character to his limit, he got better by proxy, whether he liked it or not. So, so. Might've been a different way of doing it. You know, oh, I God, mean, yeah, who's to say he didn't have that in him the whole time. It's true. A million different ways. Whoever wins this, the ending of Whiplash is simply just, it's, you're just on the edge. I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's a one in one of one kind of thing. I don't think there's anything like it. I got to check it out. I, I just, I was so, tor- like, pushed off just from the, like, the, the trailers and stuff like that. Like, just, you could tell, like, oh man, this dude's beating up this guy. And, like, the stakes never, made sense to me like oh okay he's he wants him to be a really good drummer so he's just gonna beat the shit out of him and like uh you know make him ruin relationships and stuff like it's more than than physical like he does he he does like yeah he strikes him in the face uh at a point but it's really just even more so manipulating this person and changing up rosters last second kind of and really just Turning the screw, you know, right. a lot. Uh, it's, it's more heady than than just like a f- physically abusive like kind of thing. Yeah, just fucking with his overall life <laughs> in general. Gotcha. With his dream, like face. just okay. the thing he knows, the thing he wants most, and he's he's you know, and you know, it's like the carrot on the stick. Okay? Yeah, mm. yeah. Lieutenant Jim dangled the carrot in front of him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hot pants. <laughs> well, well uh, my vote's I, for Lilu. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I think I'm gonna go Lilu as well. I just think she's she's got something like iconic about her, like just yeah. in in pop culture, and I like for like a representation sure. of like what like the machine of nonsense is or what I think it is or my take on the machine of nonsense of just like wacky pop culture stuff like Lilu's real high up there so yeah I'm going Lilu too Felon's great you know although um, <laughs> I'm way more interested in Whiplash now so oh yeah I gotta I, oh well that, that that's a win like yeah, I, I, I like, can convince somebody to watch Whiplash. That's, that's like you already you got Ingrid Goes West and Whiplash on the queue now. So yeah, man, <laughs> nice. it's, it's gonna be a <laughs> it's gonna be a long night. <laughs> 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 oh, all right, we got two more matchups coming up. Fight. The next one is Undyne the Undying mm. versus Pippin, uh, also known as. Peregrine Tuke uh, from Lord of the Rings. Undyne the Undying is from Undertale. Undertale. Smash hit game. It's a good game. Big Pippin. Did a a big deep dive on Undyne, me and Kayla, and uh, really sold me uh, on on the character. But I think or Tomas might be a little bit better. I don't know. I don't know your relationship to Undertale, Tomas. Yes. I've, I've played it. Um, long time ago i really enjoyed it uh it's an interesting game in the sense that like you don't play it in a conventional rpg sense or i mean you can it's not the way it's supposed to be played um it's like 
I mean, no spoiler at this point, but you know, <laughs> like you have a pacifist way of playing it, you have a neutral way of playing it, um, and you have a complete genocide way of playing it. <laughs> also known as the Eric way. Yeah, but uh, you know, you end up unlocking more about uh, pretty much every character in the game, depending on which route you play. Or, you know, and the game is meant to be played multiple times as well. It's like the only way you're going to do pacifist route is if you already knew before you cracked open the game, you know. But, um, and, you know, the game logs all of your decisions too, and that carries over into other things. But, uh, so yeah, in, in that regard, like, I love the game. And uh, Undyne, you know, is obviously one of the more iconic characters. She's like, you know, a knight to the King's Guard. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's like, Every everybody in like the monster village has been taught to you know it's like humans are dangerous you know you can't you know trust humans and you know because she's like the head of the knights she's like it's her goal to stop you and um, you know and if you're playing pacifist route you know it's like you don't kill her and you know it develops more about her character you spare her uh, when you go into the hot zone and you know give her water and then later on you know if you do everything right you know. You develop like a friendship with her and it it's just interesting to like it, that's the thing about this game is like I think all the characters are interesting uh, some people think certain characters stand out more than others I feel like everything about the world of Undertale is what makes it interesting just the fact that you know it's like if you go one route you know you're convincing what all these monsters believe, you know, about humans being bad and all this, you know, it's like, and then you like kind of turn ship everybody in some regard to the point where they're like, oh, it's like, well, maybe we thought wrong or like maybe, you know, it's like humans aren't as bad. And then you like, you know, you form friendships with all these people. And then it, you know, ties into the very end of the game. But uh, as far as Undyne's character, uh, I don't know, she's, uh, she's just kind of like this badass, like mermaid lady or like mer person uh with a spear and uh you know she's very you know devout to the throne uh and to her friends and all that and uh you know it's like one of the cooler moments is like you know if you do the genocide route and you actually have to fight her like you know it's like you kill like you almost kill her because she tries to save like this kid's life because if you're doing genocide route you know you're just an asshole and you're killing everybody <laughs> and uh <laughs> You know, and she, you know, tries to stop you and like, and you almost kill her and monsters, you know, I guess in the game, they don't have as strong a souls as humans, but like she has like the willpower to like, you know, keep herself alive. And she pretty much becomes super Saiyan version of herself. And like, <laughs> it's like, and it's, it, it's cool to like, see all the different aspects of the character because there's a part two where like you try to become friends with her and she's like kind of begrudging about it. And she's like forcing herself to be a cordial host. And it's like, you get to see different aspects of, like, this character, you know? It's like, she's a warrior, but she's also, like, a friend, and she's, you know, it's like, she's rough around the edges and has a hard time opening up to other individuals. And she also, like, kind of has a crush on somebody else in the game, too, and they don't know how to speak about it. It's a very, like, you find out that she's still, like, even though she's a monster, she's a very human kind of character. And there's a there's a lot there more than just, you know, like, like, an NPC like boss character. Uh, I don't know if I can go um, any deeper than that. Uh, <laughs> I know Eric, you did some research, um, but yeah, you 
hit uh, pretty much everything. I guess the only thing that I would mention is that like Undertale as a game has a very like child's coloring book vibe to it. It's it's a lot of just like black and white, not not a very like pretty experience. But like the character design on on Undyne is actually one of the more detailed in the entire game. Yeah. Um. It actually kind of looks like a cool old school like NES boss or something like really detailed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can appreciate that, uh, aspect of, of Undyne and, and yeah, everything you said, just like, um, just kind of a real virtuous character, uh, just yes. like doing everything she can to, to save the, the monster world. So yeah. that game's got a lot of fun characters in it. It sure does. Yeah. Like even, even the bad guys, like you got, uh, Sundere playing, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> Like you start complimenting the plane and it starts blushing <laughs> when you like fight it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty. Yeah. It's a... Undertale's just an amazing achievement. Just to think yeah. that one guy uh, created this thing. Pretty, pretty cool. fox. One guy yeah. also created the Lord of the Rings. Um, quite Peter Jackson. <laughs> Peter Jackson, you're right. Um, also, uh, made the movie Dead Alive. <laughs> <laughs> also correct. Um, so Pippin, I thought was a kind of an interesting pull out of the you know the grand lore of of Lord of the Rings. A lot of cool ass characters in Lord of the Rings, but but Aaron chose Pippin, um, and I hope I can uh, you know shed a little Boy, buddy. what makes <laughs> Pippin cool. He's in the movies at very least, and and a little bit in in the books. He's he's played up as like he's a very jovial character uh pippin and mary are the two hobbits that are kind of always attached at the hip and definitely in the movies they're like the comic relief but there's this kind of underlying subplot that they're kind of all of the major events that allow humanity and the elves and the good guys to win in lord of the rings kind of stem from the actions of of Pippin and Mary, and a lot of them directly from Pippin. So I'm thinking that's probably why Aaron shows him. He's kind of there, and an active like participant and an active like, um, you know, he like hero in a ton of the major events that lead to you know because the 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 fellowship. All the the main characters, your you know your Aragorn and your your Legolas and all them, they break up at one point. And some of them go after Merry and Pippin. Um, so the, they're, everyone's fractured. They're going in different directions. You got Frodo, you know, trying to get rid of the ring. All of those things. That's the Lord of the Rings. So they're all in wildly different places. But Pippin keeps, uh, mostly by accident, running into, like, the most interesting characters and events in, in those books and, and movies. Um, you know, one example is... Uh, the 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 Ents, the uh, the tree folk, the giant trees, um, and and he convinces them along with Mary to go attack um, Saruman, the evil wizard, and everything else, which is a huge you know plot point in the Lord of the Rings. Um, it's a big turning point in in the War uh, of the Ring and everything. Um, mm. And and he also saves uh, Faramir, uh, one of the um, the 
the sons of Gondor, one of the another major character, uh, and later on names his son Faramir. So basically, every every time something big happens, it just seems Pippin's there, and he always just kind of winds up, kind of weaseling himself into um, saving the day. And it's 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 a cool juxtaposition with a lot of the cool characters. You know, you everyone knows. You know, if you're I, at least if you know a little bit about Lord of the Rings, you know Legolas, you know the cool ass elf who shoots a million arrows and stuff. You know Aragorn, the the cool, you know the king and everything else, and the dwarf and all the all these cool badass characters. Frodo, Frodo yeah, even oh. Frodo or whatever. You know, you, you know these characters. as important, honestly, as any of them, if not yeah. more important. But he's just this, he's he's a hobbit. He's just this little half. You know, halfling is what they call him. They're like half the size of a a human. They're not imposing. He's not strong. He's not even like terribly brave. He's just like brave when he needs to be. Um, but uh, he saves the day. Every, every he rises to the occasion. Exactly, like every single time. Um, and I think it's a cool. It's an interesting pick for for Aaron when you could have picked. You know, uh, a, a more well known or more like badass let's say like character from lord of the rings going with uh one of the other little hobbit characters kind of interesting yeah it is an interesting pick it sounds like the r2d2 of uh lord of the rings <laughs> you're not wrong but the fact that he also gets to like emote more and like it's a, it's a fully fleshed out like he's got a backstory he's got a lot of of lines whether we're talking the books or or the movie i i think we're going with the movie version um in this case um yeah yeah you know so he's got lots of he's got lots of good funny dialogue um it's not just all beeps and boops and and little things like that so whistles i can i can Woo! see the parallels to a to an r2d2 type so not the droids yeah right? i see those too i see, I see the parallels <laughs> this whole episode's about parallels <laughs> <laughs> So I would say I use this argument for I forget who who else or whatever else. Golly. But if a character isn't my favorite in a given like medium, like Pippin is far from my favorite character from the Lord of the Rings, so I just can't really I can't vote for him. Even though Undertale, I'm not a big fan of that game. I think now that I've done a little research on Undyne's like whole thing, I think that's my favorite character from that game. So, ooh, okay. Anybody else going? Nice. Um, I I do enjoy Lord of the Rings. I enjoy the whole world, and I do enjoy um, Mary. I wish I knew more about Undyne. What doing, like Pippin? like Thomas, you. <laughs> Uh, that that is what I meant. That is what I meant to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're they kind of go together. <laughs> they do. They do. Um, um, but Undying, I'm I'm really interested in it. Sounds really cool. I just it, it's really hard when you haven't like played or no really been a part of that character to to vote for it. It sounds really cool. I do do love Pippin. But I don't. I I don't know. I I'll um I'll wait and see what happens. Wow, 
did not expect this one. You guys gonna vote? <laughs> I'm just going undying on the technicality that like Pippin's not my favorite part of uh, uh of oh, yeah. Lord of the Rings, and if That's gun to my head, point. undying's my favorite part. Aside from that cow I murdered. Yeah, I can name at least five other <laughs> characters from Lord of the Rings that I'd take over Pippin. It's like this is an easy one for yeah, me. Pippin would undying. probably be up. It wouldn't be my favorite, but it it would be up there. I do enjoy Pippin and and like literally, like Eric said, it does truly turn the course of events in in many, many times. A lot of things do though. <laughs> it's like everybody has True that. pivotal True that. turning points in that movie. So Started, like, True for, that. It's such a huge cast. Like one of my favorite characters, and it wasn't even my favorite character until like I saw the third movie, which was Sam. You know, it's like mm. he really shines in can, that movie. Can <laughs> I abstain? I'm gonna abstain if that this is the first time I'd abstain. I'm gonna abstain. Ooh, you have that right. Then it's up to you three. I'm going Undyne, so let's <laughs> yeah. Undyne for me makes like the turn of I, I got really frustrated by that fight, and I was oh, not feeling yeah. Undyne because uh, there's like a trick to that fight. I won't spoil it. <laughs> and uh, then I, 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 I didn't finish my second playthrough, but I had started it, and it's very Undyne heavy at the beginning of my second playthrough. And I really flipped on the character, and and she was she won my heart. Nice. Yeah, that sound that sounds really interesting. The game has a very clever way of doing that with like all the characters. We honestly needed more uh, Merfolk uh, representation, so. Ooh, there you go. I think uh, Undyne over Pippin going to round two. Suck it, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. This has been second Aaron, second half of the bracket. Uh... Well, he had some in the first half. He yeah, did. He, he, I th- hey, Walter Kovacs might go all the way, folks. We'll see. That's true. Yo, he, he um, came out the swing for so. Lou Bloom, too. Yeah, he <laughs> did. Yeah, he did. We've got one more. <laughs> Last <laughs> matchup. Sirius Black from Harry Potter versus Guts from Berserk. So, Kayla, Sirius was, was yours. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Gary Oldman. Sirius Black is a pure blood wizard who is in a very pure blood family who believes that only pure bloods should do magic. And they're Team Voldemort and they're dark wizards. And Sirius Black is like, nah, you guys are fucking crazy. Uh, I don't want to be a part of that. That's some racist shit. Um, I think anybody who can do magic should be able to do magic and should learn how to do it properly. And so he gets like disowned by the family and he's like the heir to their throne. And they're a long, long, long line of pure blood wizards and he gets kicked out. Um, and he's best friends with Harry Potter's father. And of course they like join the order of Phoenix to take down Voldemort. And in, in a way they, he's a part of it. <laughs> Uh, but he gets framed and puts into, um, I almost said uh, Alcatraz, but it's um, Azkaban. <laughs> Who is Azkaban? Um, Alcatraz. <laughs> and he's like, the only wizard to escape with no help. And and he's all like crazy and a maniac when he gets out of prison, out of like this crazy, crazy high wizard prison uh, in the middle of an ocean. Um, he gets out and he's like fucking scary. 
And that's that's when you're first introduced to him and you're like, oh, God, this is some crazy wizard. Do you think he like killed Harry Potter's parents and he's coming for Harry and he's obviously played by Gary Oldman. And you're like, God, this dude is crazy. Um, but he was framed and he's Harry's godfather and it's happy. And then. He gets murdered by his cousin, who's a pureblood, who's working for Voldemort. And it's just a, a crazy, crazy ride. He's just so cool. One thing I want to say about Sirius Black is that um, whenever the spoilers, uh, the movie that he dies in, uh, whichever one that one is, whenever <laughs> that came out, uh, I took my little sister to a midnight uh, screening of that. Uh, she wasn't actually a big Harry Potter fan. Uh, I had never seen any Harry Potter, uh, but her friend was a big fan. So, so we went and... Um, he kept me going. I thought Sirius Black was like the coolest part of of that movie, and um, like kept me up, you know, at at two a.m. or whatever to watch a uh, Harry Potter movie. I wasn't interested in so big, big Sirius Black he, energy. I mean, it is he's Garrett got like such a, a stylish wizard uh, flair to his clothing. You know, he's not like super wizardy, but he's obviously wizardy. But it's still stylish. He's dapper. Uh, he's. He's dapper and he's he's a rich pure blood and like his family dies and then he um does get to like be in their house and you get to see like him dealing with being rejected by his family uh for just being accepting. They also had to marry their cousins and he was not into that. Yeah. Okay, he goes to keep it pure blood because of that. Just, yeah. Sounds like some Game of Thrones shit. <laughs> I can't stop thinking of Clint Eastwood in these movies now. <laughs> he would not be against this pure blood thing. That he would not. He would have definitely been a bad, uh, a bad wizard, though. Yeah. Gets the ride a hippogriff. We've got the Reno nine hundred two one zero and the Escape from Azkaban Alcatraz. <laughs> I, I like yes. this really good. <laughs> We, we, we gotta, I'm we glad gotta... I caught myself like, you know, sometimes words just come out faster than your brain can work. And <laughs> I, I I thought it like, oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> I, I'm glad you said it because it's a fun thing. <laughs> Who's fighting for guts? Who's fighting <laughs> for guts? Who's got the guts to fight for guts? Big sword guy. I don't know anything about Berserk. You've watched it? I've watched, yeah. I, I know he's like the the frame. He's like what started Big Sword Guy. I've got Big the Sword guts. Guy. Yeah, so we, we learned actually during the, the, the process, or I learned, I should say, that like Guts is, I didn't know that he's kind of a prototype character for Big Sword Anime Guy, like a, which has been reused in... Everything. All sorts of video games, animes, you know, mangas, etc. Like, um, you know, so the f that's that's important that he's an an icon of that that True. genre. Um, I found him, you know, while watching. Um, I think it's called the Golden Age uh, section of the anime. Uh, I don't do a lot of anime, but I was recommended this one. Checked it all out. Um, very much like Game of Thrones esque, very medieval kind of, um, not really even high fantasy, just just kind of medieval um, warfare, you know, Ready. subterfuge, all of that Game of Thrones kind of stuff. Without 
a lot of supernatural stuff and and guts is just a like a mercenary uh, with a tragic past and everything else very stoic guy um who is kind of sucked into a, a family essentially sucked into caring about other people even though he's had this you know terrible upbringing and and tragic past and everything else so definitely in this sense of some some character growth um it's there uh he's he's cool like he's unstoppable like throughout even just the small section that i saw he like loses limbs he gets cut up arrows all sorts of different stuff and he just keeps on on going um so he's just like an ultimate badass uh and like even like that characterization of him where they allow him to get like the character design i should say like they allow him to just get ripped apart and like constantly have injuries and like he just like looks like a mess like where i left him at least in in you know <laughs> my my viewing he just looked like a complete um mess and a lot of times in those like the that type of media you know where we're talking about video games or anime or whatever else the main character kind of somehow comes just out of everything unscathed and there's continue to be pretty and stuff like that. And that is not the case with guts. Like he is, he is fucked up and I, I, I can appreciate that. Like I can appreciate the damage carries over. It does. His battle damage carries over. Like doesn't use X potions. (laughs) It's wild. It's wild. That was never mentioned in the first uh, argument to have guts. uh... (laughs) Man. Um, that's evolution right there <laughs> right right so i don't know if he should be docked uh from the fact that like he feels generic like well while i was watching it it felt very generic uh that he was just like big anime guy big sword anime guy but if he's the first if he's like the prototype the og maybe that like gives him some points actually I mean, um, just just to further the argument, there's a lot of big sword medias that came after. I mean, you got Final Fantasy, got Inu Trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is definitely like I mean, like Cloud, like not knowing that like guts came before cloud i would say oh man this guy's just a rip off of cloud from final fantasy but literally it's the opposite way around apparently like yep. cloud is just is just this dude is just guts so um but is uh, that a good blueprint to start <laughs> 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 is do we enjoy uh this type of character you know i don't really uh, I don't like anime, so it's hard to say. I think his backstory is is intriguing. Like, if you did that exact same, like, storyline, but in, I don't, like, in Game of Thrones, like, that's kind of people's backstory in Game of Thrones, actually, or, like, just in a a well-done, like, HBO series or something, like, live-action, like, I'd probably be into that character. It's just, like, the anime-ness of it that doesn't work for me, personally. Was it, yeah, I was about to say, was it better than any... Game of Thrones character backstory yeah. or that you really like? Or? No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. No, but d- definitely like more brutal, like as brutal as anything that you can think of, like in in Game of Thrones or in any other like you know hard R type media. Like okay. he's got a you know real brutal. Like his life starts brutal and just continues to be immensely brutal. Like he. He has to witness something happen to like his love, yeah. um, 
uh, that's truly horrifying. <laughs> that scars her for life and like uh, scars him for life. Scars as well. him, yeah, yeah. So um, it's yeah. they don't pull punches. Like that's the one thing. Like uh, that character is interesting, I guess, for the like even just that, like his journey. Like he goes through some some shit, and that's just like the first. <laughs> quarter of of the story i think that i've seen or whatever maybe less i don't know uh and so i can't even imagine what that else is an interesting through. take you know the fact that like just because somebody's a protagonist doesn't necessarily mean everything's gonna you know come up millhouse for them <laughs> it's like yeah it definitely does not and um like oh boy gets thrown through the meat grinder and he just just keeps going through it <laughs> uh yeah but you know it's like i I mean, other than that, it's like, I think it's an interesting way of, like, portraying a story more so than a character. Uh, because, like, it's like, from what I understand in Berserk, like, the whole entire world is just, like, kind of this fucked up, like, you know, he's not the only person who's dealing with all this. He's just, you know, the character, you know, that is being pushed through all of it for the sake of story. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, that's cool that he's big sword dude, <laughs> but Mike also made the point, is, is that the greatest blueprint that, you know, you want for a character? <laughs> it's like, you know, just big sword guy. No, I think just what. based on like, uh, swab factor or something like that, or like, oh man, which of these two, if we're going to do the, which of these two dudes do I want to have a beer with? I want to have a beer with Sirius Black, you know? I mean, it's Gary Oldman. So. I don't have to be with anyone. <laughs> it's like, because another thing that you know we have to keep in mind for these brackets is the medium that is being chosen for these characters. You know, Sirius Black is the movies, and right. he's portrayed by Gary Oldman in those movies. <laughs> and Gary yeah. Oldman's a yeah, hell of an actor. It's a solid backing. Uh, <laughs> uh, like I said, and, it kept me awake for however many hours that that movie and was. And with guts. It, it was the anime uh, medium, and it, like you said, it's only like a quarter of the story. And you know whether or not we know past that point, you know, like Ryan and Josh know, uh, you know, it's, it's still confined to whatever you know medium it's being judged for. So I just don't think it has legs to walk on. Yeah, we we know all of Sirius's story. Uh, I guess yeah. we we still to this point do not know all of Guts's at this point. So Gutsu. that makes sense. And it's a shame that the like creator of that series is dead now too, and of the uh, Berserk. Like he died. I heard uh, George mm-hmm. George R.R. Uh, R. Martin is picking that up. He's gonna finish. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty soon too. He said like he's gonna get right on it. Right. Yeah, like I was been paid off. Learning to draw. (laughs) Paid off by HBO. uh, uh, Stop writing Game of Thrones, or (laughs) (laughs) so he can write Berserk. Oh gosh, good old George R. R. So are we going serious on this one? I am. I'm serious. Why so serious? serious. (laughs) 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 <laughs> All right, Sirius Black over Guts. Good matchup. Just going to recap what we had for the Magneto bracket. 16 entered, 8 remain. Thanos took out Magneto 
Lou Bloom took out Ron Swanson. Tyrion over Sayori. Yennefer of Vengerberg over Harry Dubois. Ingrid Thorburn over Jim Dangle. Lelou Dallas over Terence Fletcher. Undyne the Undying over Pippin. And Sirius Black over Guts. They will all get to the second round. Some interesting matchups. We have one more section of the brackets to complete till we get to section two, or sorry, to round two. So the last section will be the Rust Cole section of the bracket. A lot of interesting matchups, including Rust Cole versus Kirby. So that'll be our next episode (laughs) of the Bracket of Nonsense. Oh my. You heard it here first. That's the Costanza bracket, too. Bring a body bag. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe a bowling bag. (laughs) So that'll be the next episode of the Bracket of Nonsense. I got my defenses ready. (laughs) (laughs) This has been episode 37 of the Machine of Nonsense. We did the Bracket and Nonsense, the Magneto Bracket section. It was something. It was something good there. We ask you, as always, check out our social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a Facebook group called Monstars. Join the conversation there. Post your fun Machine Machine and Nonsense stuff there. Leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash machine of nonsense. We want to hear from you, whether you do it on our Facebook page or you do it on our Anchor page. Leave us a voice message. We want to hear from you. We will put your content in future episodes. Thank you, as always, for listening. I'm your host, Eric. I was joined by Kayla, Aaron, Tomas, and Mike on episode 37 of the Machine of Nonsense. We're wrapping up and saying goodbye. See you. Bye.